Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of words, recorder of videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for June 2021. It's a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs. By sharing our ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash roguewatson. You don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, and we are glad to have you. This month's topic, as determined by the Patreon poll, is horror. Using freaky monsters is one thing, but how do we incorporate truly horrifying moments, events, characters, or entire dungeons? Do we theme whole campaigns around the horror genre, or do we use it sparingly for special scares? Joining me for this month's DM Roundtable, we have the Fireworks Factory. Hello. And Marcus. Hey, hey. So, uh, this might have been a better topic for, like, you know, October, but it was put on the poll by me, and uh, everyone voted for it uh, pretty hard. And I think horror is a fun topic to explore. I remember when I was in uh, studying film in college that they said that horror was the easiest genre to do versus, like, comedy or, or drama because a lot of those required, you know, good writing or good acting. <laughs> and horror really doesn't. And a lot of people, you know, we all share as humans very, you know, everybody's got their different phobias, but we all share a lot of common fears. And it's it's a kind of an easier thing. It doesn't make it bad to tap into it, but it's an easier one to tap into than a lot of other uh, styles of play. And when you get to tabletop RPGs, you can really run the gamut between, you know, just running like nasty, like monsters, like a Dark Souls type campaign, or it could be an actual horror story that you're trying to run, like a ghost story or something. Or you could just have like, you know, frightening scenes or moments. All of these things are included in the horror genre. So I guess my first question is, uh, has anybody run an entire... Uh, campaign that would be labeled horror or maybe a a sequence of um you know multiple sessions that were just like one big horror dungeon crawl or something like that uh i i haven't um i've never done any kind of run any kind of horror theme campaigns i guess the uh the most experience that i've had with horror related rpgs was playing vampire masquerade mm. back in the day uh but uh out of all of like the the pre-made stuff that uh, uh fifth edition has because that's really all i've been running uh the horror themed ones uh appeal the least to me and mm. uh Why? maybe after, uh i i think it's I think it's because the the experience that I want the the players to have is I don't know if positive is the would be the right word for it, but that whole sort of uh, hero's journey of adventure, and I I, I don't think the way I see it is that horror it doesn't really provide that and. Maybe after we're done this discussion, I'll have a new uh, outlook on on this uh, type of theme. But uh, so far, no, I haven't used any horror uh, for any of my campaigns so far. You don't see traditional fantasy overlap with traditional horror very often. Mm -hmm. Now, you can still have 
like I would consider like um, you know use Lord of the Rings as a ubiquitous reference, but uh, like Shelob's you know spider tunnels. That's that's kind of a horror dungeon crawl in the way it's mm-hmm. like designed and it's spooky and all the sounds and stuff. That's kind of a horror moment inside of the fantasy fantasy genre, but you know nobody would ever call any big moments of that story or you know horror in general. So I agree that it's it's it can be a tricky thing to. Uh, kind of overlap, especially if you're looking at it, which I'm kind of in the same uh, background where I look at, you know, fantasy as being a, you know, a Star Wars, a hero's journey and and empowering the players. And a lot of times with horror, traditional horror, uh, your protagonists are not powerful at all. And that's part of the why it's horrific. You know, it's a lot of scared teenagers or something with not a lot of resources. (laughs) Right. Uh, Marcus. I mean, I do like. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Fire Factor. What are you going to say? I was going to say, like, in terms of, like, horror, I, I enjoy uh, keeping my players on their toes in terms of, like, constant threats. But really, that's just, that's all I've done so far up to this point. Yeah. Marcus, have you run a horror campaign or extended horror moments? I attempted it, and it failed miserably. Oh no! <laughs> the reason why is because you can't keep somebody high strung all the time. Mm. When you're trying to portray horror in a D and D game, you're not giving horror to the characters. You're not trying to make the level twenty seven barbarian feel terror. It's the player who's controlling that person who you want to actually feel that horror element. But because it all comes down mostly to role play, you can't have a horror element so consistent, like consistently in a game where it's popping up all the time because it loses power. The whole point of horror is the unknown, the unnatural, Hmm. the fear that comes along with not knowing what's going on. But eventually you become numb to it. You stop caring as a as a player and when that happens the dungeon master has essentially failed how how long were you trying to maintain it well you know it it kind of just comes down to how long the sessions are Mm -hmm. you might have an idea that is five six sessions long running you know an adventures uh, league module but the first two, three sessions, yeah, people are really feeling it. They're like, oh, man, what's happening? I don't understand. I don't know. But the fourth, fifth session in, people are on their phones. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, it's scary. What, what does my character <laughs> do? Oh, what does he see? Where's the monster that I can fight and kill? That's the eventual reaction when you run a consistent horror, quote-unquote, horror campaign. Yeah. Horror and D&D is best used sparingly in bursts. To keep the players, like Cup said, like Fireworks Factory said, on their toes, but not to the point where you want for them to always have, you know, a high blood pressure because they don't know what's going on. And even I think that the quote-unquote horror campaigns, like Curse of Strahd, is not dark, scary horror all the time. In fact, it it's really you know, traditional gothic horror, which just means it's got the set dressings, it's got, you know, the the spooky town that's, you know, maybe uber-religious, and it's got the, uh, you know, werewolves in the forest, and, you know, children going missing. It's got certain, you know, checkboxes of tropes that it's filling, 
but you're still doing quests, you're still talking to people, uh, you're still journeying and having random encounters, and it's, you know, some of the stuff might be more horrific than others, you might find, like, a dead body somewhere and have to investigate it, and other times you're just fighting some monster, so I feel like, I guess some DMs could run it more as a long-term, you know, and really t uh, tune up that horror aspect, but um, I think you have to you know, have moments of levity, and even the scariest movies, it's not just straight horror all the time. Um, so I can see why that would be a bit tough. And you're right about that the players, there's a buy-in for horror. Um, for any genre, really, but especially for horror, and it really comes down to, and you can even have a non-horror campaign, a non-horror situation, but maybe one of those players is role-playing their character, like the character is afraid of this situation. And let's look at um, the campaign I'm running right now with Rhyme of the Frostmaiden and Rochelle's character Celeste, who is like not a battle-hardened badass that a lot of player characters are. Um, in fact, she's role-playing very timid and afraid. Now that's, you know, these are moments that are not designed to be horrific necessarily, but the there's a buy-in there where the player's like, no, I want my character to actually be afraid of this situation. And that's basically just all up on them. And then we can kind of, you know, the DM can kind of play with that a little bit. I do think it's best used sparingly. I think, um, well, here's a good question. Have either of you, we'll start with you, Marcus, um, done like a one shot that was a horror? It's like a, you know, a haunted house or something. I think there was an Adventures League module a long time ago that was something like that. I haven't done anything recently. Um, but horror does really shine with those one shots. Yeah. Um. I do. I do remember running something like that, and I. I think I had like a pumpkin mask that I brought and used. Um. I got. I like. I turned. I asked if the lights could be turned off in the in the store, and I shined like a flashlight through the uh through the pumpkin mask. Um. And I asked if something could be printed off ahead of time and be put on the wall. So when the shadow of the mask fell onto it, it made like a something that they had to like try to decipher nice. um that was like the that was like the most extent that i've ever done with like a one shot for horror but i think it turned out pretty good uh like the people had fun yeah um, you can get into it too i mean it's just i don't know what it is about horror but it, it's like there's a there's a safety net there for other players i think especially if you know everybody because it's you can embrace all those tropes you can you know you, you have fun with a lot of the the situations whereas you might roll your eyes at it if you're watching a movie or playing a game, reading a book, if you are playing within that world, then it's like, okay, I like playing with these recognizable pieces and events and moments and creatures. And now I can role play, you know, my part and either embrace that, you know, that, that trope or that archetype, or I can try to subvert it. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, running those kind of adventures for sure. Uh, Fire Factory, have you ever run a like one shot horror adventure? You said you didn't run any, I yeah i have i have not no, okay so when we run one shots which we've done several times in the past between campaigns or or if we've got you know players that can't make it or something and we want to still run a, a game i always gravitate towards horror not always but most of the time i gravitate towards horror because i think they make the best one shots because horror can at least the ones that i've read and goodness, I've reviewed a ton of products at this point. Um, a lot of times they make the best 
stories that are contained within two to three to four hours. Um, you know, and it's it's typically like, and it, and it translates really well to a D&D because it's 90% of the time it's a haunted house. You know, and it's something as creepy as gone in there in a backstory. So it's part investigation. It's part environmental storytelling. We are trying to figure out, you know, what terrible, you know, thing happened here to cause this evil. And then the players are trying to figure out what's going on. And you can still have it, you know, check all those boxes if you're exploring, you know, basically a dungeon. You are fighting the occasional monsters. And then you're having, hopefully, some social encounters with um, maybe some spirits that you see. Or, you know, at least the quest giver at the beginning or something. We've had a lot of fun running uh, one-shot horror adventures. Not even with the, uh, you know, caveat that, like, your characters are expendable or anything. In fact, we've, uh, for the last couple of one-shots, we've used, like, the same kind of B-tier characters just because they're there then so we we still play it where we're still you know empowered characters having fun but just turning a dungeon crawl into a haunted house and just including some of those you know fun tropes and things is uh it's been really effective for us so that's been as much as i'm not necessarily into uh the horror genre I think it's and for D and D, it makes really really good one shots. One of one of our most popular videos on my channel is when we ran the haunt, uh, which was years ago at this point, and I still get comments and uh, feedback about it like to this day because people enjoy watching that, and it's just it makes for really really fun D and D content. So I would hugely recommend uh, look for like haunted house one shots. I've got several recommendations I can give. Um, we did The Haunt. We did Secrets of the Blind Palace, uh, which was awesome. And I believe Chris and Heather have both done uh, their own horror D&D one-shots because they were inspired by, like, hey, horror works really well for one-shots for us. Let's just do it. <laughs> for the same reason, I think um, singular dungeon crawls are really good as a, as, as a horror dungeon crawl. Um, there was... Uh, we can talk about the recent one of the recent releases, which is... Uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which added is is a really really good source book for horror. Honestly, it's if you ever want to run a horror campaign or a horror section of a campaign, this book has some great resources because it talks about the different subgenres. And I'm not being paid by Wizards or anything to say this. Sounds like I'm doing a sponsored bit right here. <laughs> um, it's I mean I've already done my Roll Twenty review. You can you can watch that, but it's it, it talks about the different subgenres of horror. Um, how to embody horror, how to make sure you don't like cross any lines with anybody because people, you know, might have certain degrees, which if they're comfortable with certain kinds of horror, you know, whether it's like body mutilation or whatever else is going on. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a really good source book. And in terms of the lore, um, it adds all these different domains of dread, which are literally self-contained uh, dimensions that are ruled by, a villain who is become this kind of twisted um, version of themselves and is kind of a classic horror villain where horror usually embodies like some kind of, you know, bad parts of ourselves or it's, you know, it's usually something, um, some kind of mental affliction has been manifested as a, uh, a aspect of horror or a spirit or a ghost or something or some, you know, terrible deed that happened in the past. And the Ravenloft stuff does that very, very well. And it uses, you know, there's a Cthulhu world. There's there's several Gothic horror worlds. There's different nightmare worlds. There's like a Dark Fae world. There's one that's just a 
an ongoing zombie apocalypse. That's like the it's and this is interesting. Fire Factor we were talking about is that you know with fantasy not overlapping horror. This is one where it's like militarized fantasy world where it's like the the leadership is just the military. They've taken over most of the cities are lost and it's just a uh, you know it's the, the leader of that domain is just like the general and it's because like once a month like these huge horde of zombies just come through out of the mist and just tear shit up and wreck everything. So on the one hand, like they're they live under this horrible like fascist conditions, um, but on the other hand, like they kind of need to live under these extreme conditions because it's the only way these people can survive. And it's just a really dark, interesting setting, and it's nice because that creates your own little. You don't have to worry about the entire world being this dark horror thing. It's just this kind of smaller pocket dimension, so you're kind of limiting you know what you have to worry about, what you have to run, but it automatically sets up those horror parameters for you. So in terms of if if anybody was interested in running. Um, it, it, you know, it probably wouldn't be a full, you know, years and years campaign, but it would at least be a, you know, extended campaign, uh, then definitely look at those domains of dread because the, I, I was, I was somebody that only when I heard Ravenloft, I thought that was just the Strahd realm. Like that was what the Strahd realm was called. Um, I, I thought, okay, it's just got its vampires and all that. And that's, that's fine, but I don't really see us running that. But that's not the case. It's actually uh, Barovia is just one of the many Ravenloft domains, and it includes, like I said, there's a Cthulhu world with a bunch of like mind flayers running around, and there's that military zombie world, and there's all the there's like this dark like Cinderella world where she's like the evil version of Cinderella, and it's all that's know, the most terrifying. That that one's pretty terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a <laughs> scary backstory. Um, there it, it's really good from a writing standpoint, and it, it requires a lot of buy-in. From the role-playing point of view, which is a really important thing for running horror, I feel like more than any of, of the other genres, you know, for for people that just want to enjoy D and D and just want to fight and stuff, I don't know if um, running a full horror campaign would be the right fit. But I do think even if you want to run that kind of campaign, you could run at least a horror-themed dungeon crawl if you want to do like just one of the you know, side quests or one of the dungeons that you want your players to run, you could make it real fucking scary. And you don't even have to use undead. It could just be, you know, and I kind of played with this a little bit in, in the Rhyme campaign where um, in the, uh, I guess, spoilers for Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, uh, for the Tourmaline gem mine, you know, they came in there and they saw there's a dead, you know, they, they thought they were going to go in there and just talk to kobolds. And they walked in and there's a dead kobold and there's a rats feasting on his body. And it, and it, you know, I try to describe this vicious monster that attacked it and all this horrible, you know, things that happened to this kobold. And then they get lower down and they see the blood trail, you know, going in. They're saying, oh, what's going on? And then they find the injured kobold and the kobold talks about a monster. So it wasn't like I was trying to create this horrifying, oppressive atmosphere, but I was still introducing some elements of, you know, basically the slasher horror genre, which is just there's a monster out there killing people and you should be worried about that. So that's kind of a mini example. And we'll get to probably a, better example of doing horror in rhyme when we get to the caves of hunger since i think that's the only real case of horror in that entire campaign i i think i would agree with i would agree with a lot of folks that um that campaign really dropped the ball when it came to uh when it came to horror i've been talking too much though so uh marcus what are some other thoughts you have about um using horror or um horror dungeons or horror campaigns that you've been interested in Honestly, I I like it. Um, you know, definitely not overusing it. Yeah. Um, but just tossing a little bit, because um, for me, using horror is a way to 
I think, like I said earlier, kind of keep people on their toes. Um, you know, as pe- more and more people play 5e as the years go on, more and more people know pretty much everything there is to know about a monster. Mm. Oh, that's a zombie. I know what it does. Oh, that's a that's a uh, a hydra. I know what that does. And horror allows for you to be a little bit more creative with how you present your world or your monsters to your players. So that way when they see something, it's not immediately, oh, that does that. It's, uh, I'm not sure what that does. Yeah, um, Bre- break the rules when you use, I mean, don't nest- completely break the rules, but do um, scare the pants off your players by exactly what Marcus is saying is don't just use regular monster abilities, but use like different haunt abilities. And a lot of products I've reviewed will say, you know, hey, when they're walking through the dungeon, you know, and because and it's D&D, there's usually like a D10 table of like haunts you can do, which is, you know, you hear a baby cry in the distance or you, you know, you hear a door slam. And most of these don't even have anything um, mechanical about them. But then occasionally you can have like this nightmare happen and then everybody has to roll some kind of, you know, save and maybe they incur some madness or something. I kind of did that with um, our Tomb of Annihilation campaign. When I had the uh, the Sone Sisters, spoiler for that campaign, I guess, <laughs> um, occasionally visit the play. They're a bunch of night hags, the villains, and they visit the players periodically when they're in the jungle. And then did all these nightmare scenarios, and I tailored them to the actual, you know, players and their backstories. And that was part of how I just uh, did this horror moment that were that was spe- uh, specifically for each player. And then at the end of it, I believe they had to roll some kind of wisdom save, or they took damage or madness i forget what the actual mechanics about it but you don't even have to use the mechanics you could just players will buy into that horror stuff pretty effectively if you describe it as such if they're on board with doing that in the first place obviously uh virus factory tell me about what what would interest you in uh running a horror not necessarily a horror campaign but maybe just a horror you know dungeon or something like that well if i was going to run a horror campaign I think I would probably do it more like a, I guess, like a, a, a comedy horror. Okay. Not something like, uh, uh, you know, like slapstick kind of thing, but something like, along uh, the lines of, of like Tremors, you know, Think Tremors okay. or uh, the, the Scream I was, saga. I yes, was thinking like uh, Ghostbusters or yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, something like that where the the threat is is real. Whether it's the 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 you know the slasher or the 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 entity that's trying to enter their reality or the monster that is you know lurking underground, but just the just make sure to incorporate the 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 comedy absurdity aspect of it uh as well and to your point marcus uh as to not burn out the players because i think i think you know players will enjoy a a horror theme campaign but if they're constantly stressed out like you said it's not going to be enjoyable so for me the the if I'm going to watch like a, a horror movie, most of the time, actually all the time, it needs to be <laughs> has to has uh, has to have some kind of comedy element to it. Uh, and I think incorporating those two aspects the 
the players being uh, feeling scared, but also getting a laugh out of it at the same time would goes really well together. That's probably ultimately what a lot of D and D horror campaigns kind of turn into, because obviously we're playing a game, we're having fun with it. But that that is a very good point and a good observation to make is that the uh, the comedy horror genre, uh, Shaun of the Dead is another one I was thinking of, um, mm. where uh, maybe not necessarily the the you know protagonists or literal comedians, but uh, they're having fun with it. They're having those fun moments. You can still have moments of, you know, violence and danger, but um, uh, the the protagonists are still uh, having a good enough time with their cracking jokes, <laughs> and there are plenty yeah. of moments of levity for sure. I love the Tremor series, by the way. I've watched like five or six of them. I think there's there's one on Netflix now that I don't think I've watched yet. Oh, but, really? Uh, I actually I do really enjoy that series a lot. It's 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 yeah, it fits the bill of just goofy, uh, fun kind of you know a- action horror is another good genre that translates pretty well. If your players really enjoy combat, you know, look at the difference of Aliens versus Alien. You know, Alien is very much straight horror, where it's basically slasher horror in space, um, and the protagonists are not very empowered. And then you get to aliens and literally it gives you super soldier, you know, these Marines and right. you've got, you know, which, which a lot of times are the player characters. You've got, you know, you're the, you're the badasses, uh, but you, but it's still danger. You know, you still have that moment of danger, even though your players are, are badasses. You're like, Oh shit, what are we up against? Like we suddenly, you know, way over our head in this dangerous situation and the enemy is really scary. Um, and that's another aspect you can look at where, they're still uh, the the protagonists are still very powerful, but it's still very much a horrific situation that they're in. Which boy, I would yeah. love to do an aliens type situation in our, in our campaign right now. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. What were you gonna say? Uh, Leprechauns four, Back to the Hood. I don't know if you guys <laughs> ever uh, had ever seen those ones. I have not. I've heard that aren't those supposed to be horrible movies, or am I thinking of the trolls movies? Yes. No, the, the first Leprechaun was pretty good. Okay. But as they get later on, they get sillier and sillier and sillier until you get <laughs> Leprechauns, whatever, back to the hood, where it's literally <laughs> the, the Leprechaun. But he's God. in he's like, like like a bad part of the neighborhood in like Atlanta or something. And it is it is taken out of, oh my God, this is evil short thing that's trying to kill me to, you know, like mostly comedy of you know the, of these gangsters being uh you know they're like hey look at that leprechaun over there he got some gold yo get that gold man get that gold <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's yeah it's it's it, like it, yeah it, it can it can change for the better uh when you when you add that comedy uh or even that like you said the action aspect to it yeah I, i'd be i'd be worried about subverting the horror too much if you depending on how much comedy you use um, I, I think it can be effective, but if you truly want, you know, like for example, a big bad boss fight to actually be really scary, uh, then be leery about that too much. But I, I would love for, um, you know, the big bad horror is very much ingrained in the story too. Like it's part of, you know, the players discovering, you know, what happened to the spirit that made them, you know, become this evil entity or, um, you know, maybe this person that was close to them betrays them at the end or there's just this horrible monster that you that you learn about how it was you know created as this mutant threat that's now unleashed in the dungeons of this uh you know haunted house or it's got there was one um there was one uh haunted house adventure I reviewed that literally had those like false walls like that your players could you know 
explored this house and there was a space between the walls where this one like uh evil i think it was like a wizard or a cultist or something would like just cast all these fucking spells to just jack with the players while they were wandering around and that was designed to be just kind of the the way that you scared them <laughs> so you could even still use the mechanics and just have this you know fun setup but a lot of times this only works if your players are lower level that's something we haven't mentioned yet or works obviously the best the lower level your players are because because it's D&D and we know how powerful players get like it's very hard to create that threat if they're of a certain level now obviously you can scale things and there are you know frightening monsters and spirits that go up in level but it feels like once we're out of like tier two, uh, it starts getting real tricky to just you know throw together like a horror dungeon uh, without just artificially scaling all the numbers up because players just become so powerful. They have so many uh, resources. They're not really as scared about you know just any old damage or losing a save or something. So be yeah. wary of yeah. <laughs> but, but but that's when you have to change what type of horror you're using. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we're we're saying horror is like an umbrella that encompasses all types of horror. You know, um, once they start getting that high level, they have more tools to deal with situations, situations that are violent or scary. Um, I feel like if they start getting to that high of a level that fits something that you want to apply for horror, you know, whip out your your toolkit, whip out your imaginary box and say, okay, what is my fighter afraid of? Mm-hmm. He's afraid of losing his magic sword. He's afraid of losing his skills. That's what you have to target if you want to do something with horror. You have yeah. to do something where that where that player is at risk of losing something that they want. I mean, I I would never want to take something away that that person has earned just to see them squirm. Yeah. But, you know, put put it at risk. Make them have to prioritize and think about their actions, you know, so so that they have that moment of, oh, man, I'm at risk of losing this. I need to figure out a way to do this or I need to figure something out to get around this as opposed to saying here's a giant scary monster that can hit you really hard yeah fight it you know you, you kind of have to change the game a little bit on how you present it if you want if you still want to do something like that o- otherwise yeah just just take a imperium and throw it at them people say hey here you go <laughs> what are you going to do about this yeah, i mean you, you can also explore their phobias like you know as i mentioned it requires buy-in from the players which technically you can run effective horror at any level if the players are on board with it and especially if you introduce you know if it's part of your backstory that um you know i don't know a a player character had like an abusive father who died mysteriously and then you have to go back to the family home like and and find out you know explore is you know he's gone missing or something you have to find out what's going on the place is haunted like that could be a really scary thing for that player, even though that player character may be level twelve. If they role play it like, oh shit, I'm getting all the you know, and and obviously as the DM, you're saying like, okay, you're getting all these memories flooded, and you know all this you know just bad imagery and stuff. Obviously, always stay within the you know yeah. pre-established uh, boundaries and guidelines and stuff. But that that is the most important thing. Honestly. That is yes, that is the most important thing. Uh, which is why I, I really do like that Van Richten book because that is a like it's like a whole chapter in the book is is how to effectively run horror and and what it means to um you know be able to 
uh, run scary, frightening things while still respecting boundaries. Because I think that's something a lot of people still quite don't understand how to do. And a lot of people even think, you know, and comments that I see are like, oh, well, now that we're all more, you know, understanding and inclusive of each other, we can't do horror or scary things anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think it just um, requires a lot more planning, forethought, and most importantly, communication uh, with your players to just be, you know, openly discussion about what's, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. But Agreed. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you need to have that first step. And then... You know, you can explore characters' personal arcs and personal stories, and if they have that dark, tragic past that a lot of player characters love to to have, you can explore that in uh, a horrifying way if the player's on board with that. And then you can do, you know, like I mentioned, like the haunted house, that's the family house, and they have to explore that. Technically, that could happen, you know, way later in their adventuring career, and they could be higher level if the player is willing to, you know, act it up and, and be, you know, scared and and it just it can work even if they're strong enough to handle a lot of the threats that you throw at them um you know you can still even have them roll just personal you know if you want to wisdom saves and charisma saves and disadvantage and all this stuff if you really want to play it up just kind of depends on how how mechanical you want to get about it but horror for a lot of times is just about setting the mood you know you're setting the table and you are really role playing pretty hard or it could be, you know, action horror. You could run aliens. Or it could be uh, cosmic horror, where you're just dealing with, um, you know, cultists summoning Cthulhu. And that that honestly could probably make a pretty good high-level, you know, quote-unquote horror campaign, is you have to deal with all this eldritch horror coming through. Um, or it could be there's just a serial killer stalking the streets, and your players are, you know, investigating, uh, you know, all these deaths that are happening. It can be more of a detective exploration or you know, horror. We are using that as an umbrella term, and it, it honestly encompasses so much. And a lot of times, when I think about horror, I was just thinking like, okay, Curse of Strahd, vampires, werewolves, you know, gothic horror, basically. And that's really not true. It's it really encompasses so much more than that. I still don't know if I would want to run an entire full length campaign, which is why I haven't run Curse of Strahd yet, even though it's a very popular campaign. And it was in my final running for campaigns to run, and it was one of the ones that got a lot of votes for us to run because just everybody likes Curse of Strahd. Um, but I, I wasn't really feeling it. I haven't really, you know, been uh, in tuned with doing a full horror campaign. But I do love doing those horror one shots. I think they fit really, really well. Uh, even if you don't have throwaway characters that are, you know, basically the scared teenagers. If you know, you still have badasses that have gone through several horror haunted houses uh they just fit really really well and i think running just singular horror dungeons and and van richten kind of really sounds like this is sponsored by fucking van richten's guy to ravenloft um has a really good haunted house dungeon called the house of lament um that's included in that adventure and a lot of the sourcebook ones that 5e has put out have been really crappy level one adventures. And this one is actually really good. And in fact, it goes, I believe from level one to three and it takes multiple sessions and it's got, uh, it's, it's a big haunted house, but it's gigantic and has multiple storylines. It's got multiple seances you can use to contact these spirits. I, I guess I'm spoiling a little bit of it, but I won't go into it too much. Um, as like multiple storylines players can kind of pick up on if they choose to, there's just a lot written in there and it's all done as a lot of storytelling 
but also still a dungeon crawl. Like you're still, you know, you're fighting poltergeists and stuff. So it can be, you know, kind of spooky. And you can run it either as a really scary horror thing, if you if your players are really into that, or, which is what I kind of do, is you run it more, you know, action comedy horror, where you do those kind of scary elements, but then, you know, you've got your traditional combat encounters and you're still, you know, having fun with it and cracking jokes and all that, kind of like what Fireworks Factory was saying. That's the kind of horror that... um I think speaks better to my group because we do like the hero's journey. We do like you know being empowered players. That doesn't mean we can't have those scary moments and have fun with that kind of thing, but that's just kind of you know how we prefer to do it. Um, what else? Have we exhausted all of our horror talk? <laughs> I mean, that's good points. We definitely had some good points. Yeah, I guess we could do our our closing thoughts on horror. I mean, I. I just kind of went over my spiel, but um, I I would I don't think I would be interested in running a full campaign for the same reason I didn't run Curse of Strahd. I'm running Rhyme of the Frostman instead. But I do like inserting those horror elements in certain areas when appropriate, and it can make for very effective themed dungeon crawls especially. And a lot of times horror has the best dungeon storytelling because it's baked in with like you know, magical illusions that trigger when you walk in. You know, it's very video gamey in that way. And you see, like, the scenes play out with the ghosts, you know, or you'll see, and, and it's just all of the different, you know, the, the doors closing and the shrieking and the steps. It's just, there's so much you can paint um, with your tool brush if you're running a horror dungeon crawl that's that can be very effective and fun for the players, even if you're not necessarily meant to scare them, but just feels very thematic, which I think is very satisfying for both the DM and the players. Um... All right, let's go over our final thoughts for uh, using horror in our D&D games. Uh, let's start with Fireworks Factory. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think if I was going to run a, a horror-themed uh, campaign, it would either have to be largely comedy horror or action horror. and. I just, I don't know, I just don't think I would have any kind of interest or fun in running anything else other than that. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, that's, I think D&D, you know, lends itself, especially 5e, excuse me, where the players are so very powerful very quickly, uh, it kind of lends itself to that more, uh, not necessarily lighthearted, but um, not, you know, oppressive, dark, tense, horrifying kind of horror. <laughs> And and if I was gonna say like if if I am going to run something that with the intention of uh, causing the 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 characters some concern, uh, you know, causing them fear, it's just a matter of understanding what the characters' fear is. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Marcus, final thoughts on horror. Right. I feel like it's best used uh, in 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 bursts, um, and it's best used to complement that hero's journey. You know, the hero's journey is all about overcoming something, and horror can definitely be something for that uh, person who, who has an idea for their character to overcome, whether it be body horror, cosmic horror, horror of losing a loved one. Um, 
core of, you know, not being as strong as the rogue is, you know, it, it, the term horror is all encompassing for some type of struggle that interacts with the fear or, um, perception of fear for the player. Um, and yeah, I, I think it could be a really good tool when used correctly. Very well said. Yes. And, and obviously the most important thing as we've reiterated is if you're going to have scary moments, um, make sure that you're not crossing any lines or boundaries because all of us have different things that we are comfortable with uh, and things that we're not as comfortable with. And it's important to know the information up front. And um, that way you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. And then nobody's, you know, making, you know, we're, we're playing a game together. Like that's the ultimate thing. Um, but for the same reason people enjoy, you know, watching horror movies or reading you know, Stephen King or whatever, um, those things can be very enjoyable. And it's enjoyable, especially in a tabletop RPG, because you can work through that shit. You can experience it. You can be like, okay, what would I do in this situation? Or what would my character do in this situation? And you can either have fun embracing the fact that your character is scared shitless, or you can embrace the fact that they are overcoming that fear, or, or maybe both in the context of that, um, either that one situation, that one dungeon, or the entire uh, crux of the campaign. All right, I think that will do it for this month's DM Roundtable. Thank you so much to the Fireworks Factory and Marcus for joining me. Thank you so much to all the patrons, patreon.com slash roguewatson. Shoutouts to Platinum Patrons, Joe, Will, Tiny Dancer, Manuel, Wizard, Princess, Christopher, Thomas, Captain Mike, Adam, Aiden, Instant Lou, Smog, and Roger. Gold Patrons, RPG, Papercrafts, Charming Grenade, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Marcos, David, Vicente, Gilberto, Dead Lizard, Lounge, Sam, Arash, Lumpy Spuds, Jerome, Fatboy619, Scalinia, Nick, Farty McButterpants, Blood Angel, Veronis, Baboon, Baboon, Sean, AK, Cert, Tubi, Nathan, and Fast Like a Tortoise. I am Eric, and I hope to see you all again for next month's DM Roundtable discussion. You guys have a good night. Bye. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Excellent.